A ghost does whatever it takes to ensure it is never forgotten. And then we travel to the Ukraine to meet a man who is woken in the middle of the night when a tiny bald-headed man and four hot alien babes enter his bedroom. I guess you could say he had a close encounter of the turned-on kind. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great... I'm actually not having a great day, but I hope you guys are. I hope you guys are having a great day. What is that, truth in journalism? I think you guys probably picked up on it yesterday's episode... I record a lot of these episodes back-to-back now because I have a new job and I I don't have as much free time as I used to, but I record a lot of these episodes back-to-back. Yesterday's episode, I think you could tell as it was going on, I was getting sicker and sicker. I'm actually battling a bit of an earache right now, which if you have human ears, if you're not an alien, you'll know that ears and throat, it's all together, so talking sucks. But you know what, man? You know what doesn't suck is you guys. So if I have to be in a little bit of pain to do a show for you guys, I'm going to do it. Let's go ahead and introduce one of our... Le- you know, actually, I want to... Because I want to cover you guys, too. Let's introduce someone who supported the live stream. This was from the Thanksgiving episode of 2019. It's been a while. I don't even know if this person still listens to the show. But they're, they're our guest of honor coming into Dead Rabbit Command right now. It's Thought Not. Everyone give a round of applause to Thought Not. He's like, dude, what? I don't even listen to this show anymore, but I guess I'm here for this episode. Thought not. Thank you so much for your donation back in 2019. You're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon or if you guys don't have a time machine to support that old live stream, that's fine too. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. Thought not. I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys. Oh, great. I have to make sound effects too. <laughs> My throat. <laughs> This is going to be a tough episode. Thought not. I want to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. I put a muffler on it. It's not as loud. I'm going to toss you the keys to Jason Jalopy. We're leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. We are headed on out to Helena, Montana. <laughs> Thought not's driving us all the way out there. We're at Carroll College. It's the early 1960s, and specifically, we're, we got rejected by all the girls on the green. Yes, I do smell like a diaper. We walk up, and we're walking around the dorm room of St. Charles Hall, and this is where all the students are staying, and they have, like, these communal bathrooms. And it's late at night, and this guy comes back from a party. He's like, dude, that was such a dope party. And when I say dope, it's the 1960s. I mean, we were actually doing heroin. And so he's walking around, and he's really drunk, and he he's there to brush his teeth, and he's drunk, which is a bad combination, and he's like, shh, shh, brushing his teeth, and then he loses his balance, which is what you will do when you're drunk, and he slams his head into the bathroom sink, and then falls to the ground. People find him, he's laying there on the ground, they probably hear it, the sound of a human head hitting a sink is unmistakable. Even if you've never heard it before, you've heard it. It's the weirdest thing in the world. I heard a man fall down the stairs once. Did I ever tell that story on the podcast? I saved this dude's life. Just the, It just happened like a year or two ago. He fell down the stairs, and I've never heard a human fall down a flight of stairs before, but when I heard it, I knew exactly what it was. I hope that wasn't what it was. I was hoping an air conditioner fell out, but you know it's weird. I've never heard a human 
tumble down the stairs. Human head hits a sink. You've all heard it, even though you haven't heard it. People go in there, and he's bleeding out, and they take him to the hospital, and he has a severe cerebral hemorrhage. They're doing surgeries to try to relieve pressure, but nothing works, and he passes away. Tragic, tragic story, and it happens, and it's one of the big dangers with alcohol abuse. Tragic, absolutely tragic story, and it happens. It's it's not it's not incredibly uncommon for people to have the guy who fell down the stairs. By the way, he was actually a hardcore alcoholic, and he was super drunk, and he tumbled down the stairs. So, and we had to get the ambulance involved. He was he would have died. The same thing basically, but he luckily survived. And I think I've talked about it on the show. But the point is, is that. This guy didn't. This guy, this guy, he's not, didn't go on to have a long career. Unfortunately, as I laugh, didn't go on to have a long career and have kids and family. He died because of alcohol-related injuries. Now, that was depressing. (laughs) That was depressing when I put it that way. Let's refocus. At first, people just kind of were sad that this had happened to this young man. But over time, people started to notice they'd go into the bathroom and They'd be washing their hands. They'd be brushing their teeth. They'd be listening to a white noise machine of the ocean. And at one point, they look down and they see a blood stain on the sink. And they go, well, that's kind of tasteless. They didn't, they didn't clean this off. They didn't, they didn't wipe off the blood. And so they call the janitor. Maybe they try washing it off first, but call the janitor. Janitor comes, scrubs it down. Couple days later, man, you know, I sure need to relax. Where did I leave that white noise machine? There in the communal bathroom, you go in, the blood stain is on the sink again. So that became a regular thing. You'd wash it off and the blood stain would slowly reappear. Creepy, maybe paranormal, may just be bad janitors, who knows? But then people started to see a blood stain appear on the floor. Try washing it off. They'd scrub it out. It'd be gone. A couple days later, blood stain would reappear. So at this point, you are starting to think paranormal. And I'm sure a lot of people, I would have been thinking it was paranormal with the first blood stain as well. But at this point, people are probably thinking, okay, this has to be weird. But then people would be in the bathroom. It's a communal bathroom. It's open all the time. Sometimes it's packed. Sometimes it's empty. Sometimes you're the only one in there. And people would go in there and they'd be washing their hands after going to the bathroom. And they'd hear a... The sound of heavy breathing from somewhere in the bathroom. A couple times, students were doing their business and then turned on the faucet and blood, blood came up. Okay, so this is where I was reading this and I thought those first three things I could totally see happening. Those would basically be, as far as a paranormal researcher goes, I lived in a house that had a blood stain or a stain. My parents would never say it was a blood stain. We knew that the previous tenants moved away. And there was a huge stain in the living room. It was about the size, I don't know, it was probably like two feet by a foot. And we cleaned it over and over again, and it was a reddish-brown stain. We all knew what blood looked like, but they would never confirm that it was a blood stain or the previous tenants were murdered, or one of them was murdered, and the other one was hiding in the attic. 
But yeah, I've had that experience. The stain would wash out and it would be normal. You would look at the carpet, it would be totally fine. And over the course of about a month, the stain would reappear. Eventually, they, we washed it two or three times. They would just put a throw rug over it. That would be a very low-level haunting. Definitely concerning. Real paranormal activity type stuff. But that, that's to be expected in a haunted place. Unusual sounds. Stains. Those are both pretty normal. Blood coming out of the faucet is creepypasta level. You turn on the faucet and blood shooting out of it. Now see, at that point, this is what I would do as a paranormal researcher is again again it's randomized so it's not like you could prove this but it's not like there's a chance that you're actually going to be there but that the reason why that doesn't work as part of the legend is think about it a blood stain on the sink is a stain blood stain on the you're probably getting where i'm going with this blood stain on the floor is, is a stain you could probably record the heavy breathing but if it didn't pick up on the recording you would figure well that's because it's spiritual technology Blood coming out of a sink could be saved in a vial, could be tested, right? You could take it to the laboratory out of college. And I'm not saying they had the best DNA analyst, and you don't even have to tell DNA. You could take the blood. There's so much blood coming out of this thing, you could take it, and you could run a test on it. Is it human blood? Is it deer blood? Is it Balbareth's blood, the arch demon of hell? So I don't really, I think one of two things, either the pipes are rusty, which is the most likely thing. Because although I believe in ghosts, and I've encountered ghosts, and I've seen demons, stuff like that, you still have to be skeptical about certain things. You can't believe in everything. So with this particular thing, I like breaking the story down like this, the blood in the sink, I think, was probably either made up, rusty water, or it could have been real. But why wouldn't you have saved some of it? It'd be splashing everywhere. There'd be more blood on the stained on the sink, even if it was phantasmal blood in the sense that it was some sort of illusion. You think you would at least cup your hands full of it and start running down the hallway and go, look, everyone, look, everyone, it's that dude's blood. And then they look and it's just water. But we don't have any anything of that. We just have the, the blood. You know what I mean? Like that is too much evidence. And I think really any paranormal researcher worth their salt would be hesitant to put any stake in that. But, just reporting it, there was blood in the water, blood coming out of the sink, and then, here we go back to something that I actually believe is possible, and it's the most fantastical, if you think about it. Blood coming out of the sink would be gross if it was real, but there was a student, and depending on the article, some people say this happened to multiple students, some articles said this only happened to one. This is a very well-documented haunting. The college actually does ghost tours in this area now, but... A student, at least one, one night was all by themselves in the bathroom. They're standing there all by themselves. They're washing their hands and they look up in the mirror and standing behind them. This is the most terrifying thing, right? You guys knew where this was coming, right? We're in a bathroom. Standing behind them is the young kid who died. And he has this huge wound in his head. His skull is cracked open and he's covered in blood. Now, that would ruin anyone's day. The, the school, after this event, either one person or, again, depending on the story, some people say multiple people saw this, the school goes, you know what, we're done with this. One, the cleaning bills are super high. We have to have our janitors check this place out all the time. Two, they found out, they found out about our horrible rust problem in the pipes and how it's slowly poisoning them. They said, we're done. After this ghost showed up, they boarded up 
the bathroom. You can't use it now. But they do do ghost tours. In October, you can go and walk around this with a tour guide and they go in there. We always talk about this. Urban legends and cryptids, a lot of those are cautionary tales. Don't swim in the river because you might die. But people won't listen to that. So you tell them don't swim in the river because a ghost might get you. And that sticks in your head longer. By the college saying, hey, there was this ghost who got too drunk and he fell over and banged his head. That's a cautionary tale about getting too drunk and goofing off in a bathroom. So it would make sense that the college would kind of prop that story up. But yeah, I just love the idea of urban legends and why they exist and stuff like that. Um, Thought not, let's go ahead and leave behind Carroll College. I'm going to toss you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. We are headed on out to... The Ukraine. And but while we're headed out there, super quick, take a minute or two, a Dead Rabbit recommends for you. It's not a movie, which I normally recommend. It is a short story. It would be the best way to describe it. It would probably take you maybe 10, 15 minutes to read. You'll be thinking about it for weeks, months, really. I read this thing a couple of years ago, maybe two or three years ago, and I think about it so often. Such a really cool piece of literature. There's a website called SCP, Secure, Contain, Protect. I think those are what it stands for. And it's basically a collaborative work of fiction. Most of you guys are probably familiar with it, where it's all of these objects and all of these creatures and people that are locked up in this facility, and then each page is their background. So there's a lot of SCPs like... There's this monster that if you look at it, it doesn't get you. But if you turn away, it comes after you. There's SCP video games. And the universe has really expanded over and over again. And then they had like a breakaway one called RPC or RCP or something like that, which I believe is still around. I used to read them. It's really cool. You can just go on a random one. And they're pretty short. So if you get a bum one, you're, you're just like, ah, whatever. That was only a waste of a couple minutes of my time. There's one that's always been stuck in my head. There's, It's probably the one you guys are thinking about, too, honestly. It's just a great work of fiction. It's SCP-1733. I put it in the show notes. It's the story of a DVR recording of a basketball game. And it's locked up right now. This DVR machine is locked up deep in this underground facility, along with all these monsters and world-ending events and never-ending staircases and portals and all this stuff. There's this DVR that's assigned its own room in this giant facility. It's a DVR recording of a basketball game, and every time you watch it, it changes. Little changes at first, right? The score is different. Maybe a ref makes a different call. But it changes. And what you do is you can read this article and it gives you a brief outline of it and then you get to the bottom of it because it's easy to miss. It'll have a little link that says partial timeline document 001 and you click on that and it shows. It's it's really cool. (laughs) It's really, really cool. It's Because it's written, supposed to be real. It's supposed to be these scientists are testing it. They start saying like play 007. Like the seventh time they've played it, the 15th time they've played it, the hundredth time they've played it. And it shows that the people in the DVR recording start to realize that their day is getting reset every time someone hits play. It's really, really cool fiction. And I can't think of anything else like it. 
Um, it's really good. I, I, I mean, it's really stuck with me for years. I've gone back and read it multiple times. It's just very well written, very creepy story. SCP-1733, if you're looking for something cool, I mean, literally, like a 10-minute read, check it out. And if you've read it before, read it again. It is as good as the first time you've read it. Dead Rabbit recommends SCP-1733. Thought Not is bringing the Carpenter Copter low over Simferopol. That's in Crimea. In the Ukraine. It's April 1982. And there's a man living at home. His name is Yuri Velasovich Zebroy. He's an electrician by trade. And he lives with his wife. Everything's going, you know, okay. Until April 14th, 1982, when his wife develops these horrible headaches. She can't sleep. She's staying awake all night. Same thing. On April 15th, can't sleep, just these awful migraines. April 16th now. Three days have passed. She's miserable. He's miserable. They're both worried. April 17th, 8 p.m. All the light bulbs in their house just dim at once. The fuses blow out. Yuri, luckily he's an electrician. Just goes and replaces the fuses. You're like, Jason, you don't have to be an electrician to replace a fuse. Well, I've never done it. But those fuses blow out as well. And he's like, okay, you know what? We'll deal with this tomorrow. It's 8 p.m. Neither of us have had a good night's sleep. I've been worried about you. You're up all night. Let's just go to bed. We'll figure it out. So he shuts off all the electricity in the house, and they go to sleep. At one point, Yuri wakes up. And he's laying there in bed. He sees plaster falling off his bedroom wall. And a strange spot appears. Gets up and he begins walking over to this spot. And as he's reaching towards it, he becomes completely paralyzed. He's frozen there. But he's reaching his arm out. He's forcing this through. And he touches the spot. Immediately, there's a bright flash that actually illuminates his hand. It's like coming out of his hand. And then... A flying saucer is flying around his bedroom. Now you go, Jason, how big is this bedroom? Is this Daddy Warbucks? The flying saucer is the size of a walnut. And it flies out of the strange shape in the wall, just materializes through it, and begins flying through his room. You're like, Jason, are you telling us about a dream? Yesterday's episode was about a dream. No, this is a dreamlike state. And I'll, and I'll say this right now, because if, you, if you're like, Jason, I don't want to hear about this dream. I'm going to skip to the end real quick, just so you know it's not a dream. That little... Sh- whatever else happens in this in this dream... It's not a dream. Whatever else happens this night, he sees the plaster fall off the wall. He sees that shape. When he wakes up the next morning, the plaster has still fallen off the wall and the shape is still there. 
So, it did happen. Whatever is going to go on, as fantastical as it gets, there is physical proof. I don't want to wait till the ending to get to this. There is physical proof that at least some of these events happened the way he believes that they did. So, as it's flying around the room, it starts to get larger as he's watching this fly around. And then... There's a bunch of amoebas in his room. There's a bunch of amoebas. You're like, Jason, is this just a dude? <laughs> is this just the dude's dream? He's in a dream like, say, no. This isn't just the dream. Trust me. <laughs> Trust in the amoebas. The amoebas, they're kind of like floating there. Now, they're not the size of amoebas <laughs> because he can't see them. You couldn't see. You're surrounded by amoebas right now. I don't want to scare you. But there's a bloody amoeba with a head wound standing behind you in the mirror. There's amoebas everywhere. But these are like medium-sized amoebas. You're like, Jason, they're still super small. They're like, imagine they're amoebas the size of, say, like, I don't know, a, a dog. Like a three-foot-tall amoeba going... They're standing on the ground, and they're just kind of like moving around. And then they start to surround him. And he's paralyzed. And as they're moving towards him... This is dope. This made me immediately like this guy, Yuri. I'd love to buy this guy a beer. As these alien life forms are coming towards him, he kick he kicks one. <laughs> he already saw their technology. They already were able to paralyze him and shoot electricity through his hand. When he sees this amoeba coming towards him, he kicks it across the room. And at that point, there's four. There's five people standing in the room. The amoebas are no longer there. Now it's just five people standing in his room. His wife's fast asleep, by the way. And you could say it's probably because this is the first good night's sleep she's had in the past four days. It's also the aliens, most likely the aliens doing, that's keeping her asleep. Or, or Jason, or he's just dreaming. He's just dreaming. You're telling us about another dream. Hold on. Save all your dream-related questions to the end. There's five people standing in the room. There's a short, bald-headed dude. And Yuri can easily tell this guy's the leader, just from the, his presence. And then there's these four banging, super hot alien babes standing behind him. Now, the bald-headed dude is wearing, like, a business suit. And the four alien babes, it doesn't say what they're wearing, but I imagine something tasteful, yet a little slutty. Something that is built for interstellar travel, and something pleasing... On the male human eye. So, imagine imagine what you want. I just imagine them looking super hot. So, there are these four banging hot space babes behind this little dude, this little, this little pimp, this little business suit. And they start the telepathic communication. And Yuri's like, uh, let me guess. So, first off, sorry for kicking the amoeba. Bullheaded guy goes, that was my cousin. No, he goes, let me guess you guys are from space. And the alien goes, yeah, good. Yeah, we were from space. You got it. And then the alien guy goes, listen, we're here for a very specific purpose. See these beautiful space babes behind me? They are going to be the mothers of your children. We are here to create alien-human hybrids. Now, Yuri's, I'm going to assume, a happily married man, right? I think they, maybe things aren't perfect. You married, you know, think, you know. I'm assuming things are good because... If I was married and my wife had migraines for three days, I'd bounce, right? I'd be like, I'm out of here. But no, he's stuck around. That's a good guy. Yuri, 
is now, though, his wife's asleep in bed. Right behind him. And he's looking at these four banging space chicks. And he's thinking, hmm, which one am I going to have sex with first? He's totally down with this plan. Marital bliss be damned. He's ready to make love on the interstellar highway. And the girls start taking their clothes off. And he's like, dude, this is so dope. Like, there's, we got the redhead. We got the blonde. We got the glipcorp. We got the one with the, the tentacles coming out of her head. There's a hot amoeba in the corner. There's an amoeba wearing a bikini. He's like, uh, I'll save you for after a couple beers. After I brush my teeth and bang my head, then I'll have sex with you, amoeba lady. He's like trying to figure out which one of these chicks he's going to bang first. And they're getting undressed. And they're beautiful. They're absolutely beautiful, but he starts to realize that they're missing some, how should I put this for a family-related podcast? They're missing some parts, I think the scientific term is genitalia, that would allow him to have sex with them. And that is when the bald-headed man in the business suit pulls out a hypodermic needle And tells Yuri to take off his clothes. At this point, I'd be like, listen, man, (laughs) I thought about it. I really love my wife. You know, I've been here for the past couple days. She's had these migraines. It's kind of driving me nuts. I've decided not to have sex with... I mean, I can obviously tell these women are in... That amoeba's looking a lot more attractive over there. Its body's a little more malleable, but I can't have sex with any of these women. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, When we procreate, we're not going to have sex. But I need you to take your pants off, sir. Now, for some reason, Yuri does. It may be the fact that they have alien powers. Maybe the fact that it has been a while since he's had sex. You know, any port in a storm. They, the ball-headed man sticks, it doesn't say where. Doesn't say where. So use your imagination. I like to imagine the testicles. But you... You might imagine the urethra. You're like, damn it, Jason. You just did an episode like two weeks ago. That's your most infamous episode ever. He takes the needle and he sticks it into Yuri's genitals, is what it says, and begins to remove semen. So I, I'd say the testicles probably... I mean, it's listen, it's super... <laughs> it's super painful either way. But you could either stick it anywhere, but whatever. Use use or don't use your imagination. The point is, is that he thought he was going to be banging these hot chicks. He gets this needle stuck in him and he siphons out a bunch of semen. And then he notices that the women, instead of having normal female genitalia, it's only... There's a... There's, let's talk about disappointment, right? There's only a hole big enough for a hypodermic needle. And the bald-headed dude sticks it in there and injects them full of semen. One at a time, by the way. (laughs) Then the bald-headed guy has to come back and get more out of poor Yuri. He's getting pricked with this needle multiple times. The women have a gauge on their neck. And every time they are injected full of semen, it goes up a little bit. Dude. 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 And then when when they're finally full of human semen, it lights up. This goes on, you can imagine, this goes on for quite a while. 
But as this is going on, super fascinating. I mean, the whole story is so bizarre, and you would chalk it up to a dream, except for what's coming up. No pun intended. Yuri asks, is this a dream? And the bald-headed man, <laughs> you want it to be a dream, right? You're getting stuck in the testicles at best with a needle for the 10th time this night. And the bald-headed man goes, you will think it was a dream. You will remember this as a dream. And as he's, Yuri's watching this happen, but he is feeling, he feels so fascinating. This is what I love about researching this stuff. He's watching this happen. He's seeing this event go on. But in his mind, in his soul, he's having sex with these women. Isn't that... That's something that you really only see in UFO stories because they're so reality-altering. Like, two things can be happening at once. The physical reality is they don't have female genitalia. He's being injected with a cyberdermic needle. But at the same time, he is sensing it as making passionate love to four different alien women. But that's not what's happening. They're able to craft a new narrative, a more pleasing narrative. Fascinating stuff. Alien stories psychologically are so, so fascinating. They're able to erase your memory, give you lost time, and then you'll remember, you'll be hypnotized, and you'll see the true horror of went on that, what went on on that ship, when really they're doing you a favor by wiping your memory. Right? The aliens don't want you to remember, not because of any sort of global conspiracy. They know how horrifying it is. So they're doing you, they think they're doing you a favor. You continue to investigate the mystery and then you find out how horrifying it was. And then you become even more paranoid and more OCD. This one's the same thing. They're giving him memories of making love to these women when really he's being pressed, he's having a needle pressed into his junk over and over and over again. He said then after the procedure and all of their little necks were filled up, the little gauges, he said they all start to become translucent, diffusive. They started to look like almost like TV lines, like there were some sort of projection that was being interfered with. And then they disappeared. He wakes up the next morning. And this is where you wrap it around to it not being a dream. He wakes up the next morning. He feels very weird, which which is what I would imagine if you've had a hypodermic needle in your balls over and over and over again, again, at best. He wakes up, he feels weird, and the first thing he does is he walks over to the spot on the wall that he saw at the beginning of this dreamlike state. Remember, the plaster fell off the wall, a spot appeared, and that's where the walnut-shaped UFO materialized from. He is wide awake now. He gets up out of bed. The spot is there. So there is physical proof that this happened. I got that from one of my favorite websites of all time now. Think about it, Docs.com. Not because of that story. I was like, dude, needles and balls. This is the best website ever. Move out of the way, other bookmarks. Think about it, docs.com. I love it. It's one of my favorite websites. Um, and they got it from the Simfropol UFO Research Group. That was by two researchers, Vladimir Borominsky and Vladimir Belozorov. 
You know, it's funny because the first three episodes we've done this week, and I, I didn't really even plan it out this way. I have a kind of a unique way of how I plan the show, unique in I just kind of throw stories together, hope they sound good on one episode. I don't really connect them throughout the week, but all the, the first three episodes of this week have all been about reality and how we see it. And I, I, I didn't really plan it out that way, but I think it's interesting to look on that. The first one was, can we trust our memories? The second one was, can we trust reality to be consistent in the future? If other people are changing things, what reality is, would we even know it? This one is an interesting culmination of that, because we have someone's mind being altered in front of us. Where new memories are being created, reality is being shifted, and the witness is realizing what is going on. I think it's an interesting culmination to that whole thing. That little trilogy, I guess you can say. I think it's a pretty cool way to wrap that up. But he remembered this. And he remembered both versions of it. Which makes me think about all the times that I don't remember my dreams. Because I very rarely do. What happens at night to us? Now, this had a bit of a prelude, right? The, the wife was having the migraines. That could have had something to do with this. The bulbs burning out. You had these events leading up to it that prepared them for something odd to happen. So he, it was almost like his brain was already in a heightened state of anxiety. So when this event came, and I think kind of the idea is, is that the aliens were causing these other events. It didn't seem like it was out of just random coincidence that all these things happened. But he was he was already in a heightened sense, a heightened reality. He was worried about his electricity. He was worried about his wife. And then this happens, and he remembers it. And just for an example, the previous story we told this episode, we had that heightened, we had those events leading up to the ghost in the mirror. If it just started off with the ghost in the mirror, it would be a different story. It wouldn't be these weeks and months where people are getting more and more paranoid about this bathroom. It's building up the tension. But real life, or I shouldn't say real life, because these stories are, I think this second story is, has a lot of truth to it. Again, you could totally be making it up, but and the ghost story probably has elements of truth as well. So I don't mean real life. I mean, normal life, we don't have that. So how often do we have dreams that we forget about that are like this? That are us being abducted, us being experimented on, and us never knowing. I'm not someone who, I believe in aliens, but I have mixed feelings about aliens on Earth. It's so funny, because I do believe stories like this, but I start to think, you know, where did they come from? Are they multidimensional? Blah, 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 blah. I don't argue that these stories aren't real. I just don't know if they're coming from Alpha Centauri or if they're coming from wherever. Space, I don't know if they're more interdimensional. So that's my quibble. Not that aliens don't exist, but I'm not somebody who's primed mentally that when I wake up and I have a weird mark on my arm, because I do a lot, I wake up and I'll have weird markings on my arm, I always go, oh, I must have scratched myself in my sleep. I must have laid on it wrong and, and got some sort of crinkle on it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not primed to be 
paranoid about gang stalking. My situational awareness is strictly limited to people around me. Are they a threat? I don't look at the color of cars or people who scratch their belly every time they walk past me or anything like that. I'm not primed for gang stalking. I'm not primed. Like that, that's a perfect example. I'm going to leave that in. Whenever the, the streets are always quiet, but when I start recording podcasts, loud vehicles come driving down the road. And if I was primed for gangsta, I've noticed that, but I just think it's people being jerks or it's just a weird coincidence or they do drive around loud during the day, but I don't notice them because I'm not sitting impatiently as they pass to continue my sentence. I don't, it doesn't affect me. So, but a gang stalker would think that was targeted harassment. So, and I think most people aren't primed for gang stalking or for UFO activity. I think that this could be happening very, very often. And unless we're in a heightened state of awareness, you won't remember the dream. Or if you do remember the dream, you just think it's a dream. You see what I'm saying? I feel like I might be rambling. I'm going to wrap it up soon because I, I feel like I'm kind of rambling. But I think you guys get what I'm saying. The reason why Yuri remembered this and shared this with the UFO researchers was because of all the events preceding it. He was already hyper aware. He was already stressed out. So when it happened, he took note of his environment. He started to go, this happened, then this happened, and then this happened, which because he he felt in his bones it was leading. All those preceding events was leading towards something. If you just went about your day and everything was fine and perfect, and maybe not perfect. Maybe it was the normal, miserable day that you have <laughs> because you hate your job or you get stuck in traffic, stuff like that. But it's what you're used to. When you go to sleep, you're not primed to think something is coming to a head. So it's on the normal days that the aliens can show up. It's on the days where you fall asleep. You wake up. You're walking around your house and you go, what? That's weird. I don't remember that little mark on my wall. Damn, I, this place is such a waste. I, it's a money pit. You just kind of keep going about your day. Even though you had all those events happen to you and you were present while they're happening to you, you forgot about them when you woke up. Or maybe you just remember bits and pieces of some weird dream you had that night. And you just go about your day. Not knowing you have... A bunch of space babies out there now. It's possible that the paranormal happens to us so often that it's normal. We just don't remember it. It happens to us at times where we're unconscious. So we're not aware that it's happening. It could happen with such frequency to everybody that it is the definition of mundane. But it happens at the right time, in the right place. And we don't even notice it. The world of the paranormal may not be a separate world at all. Sure, it's shocking when we see the bloody man standing in the mirror or the four alien babes taking off their clothes. But how many times have you walked away from your bathroom mirror, shut the bathroom light off, and crawled back into bed 
And in the darkness of the bathroom, the bloody figure stands there, unseen, but still staring into the mirror. We like to think we live in a normal world with occasional slips of reality. But if there's anything this week has taught us, reality is never really that real. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.